I've been playing outdoors since I was a kid, standing by the front door at around two years old, hollering, side, side, trying to get my mom to let me go play outside. Now, after 30 plus years working in the outdoor business, I'm dropping insider conversations every week with brand leaders, guides, marketers, CEOs, and others that make the outdoor business a trillion dollar juggernaut that drives product innovation, revenue, and public policy for everything outdoors. I'm Rick Says. Welcome to the Outdoor Biz Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host and the founder of Miles to Memories. So glad to have you here. Joe Chung and Mark Osterman are here as well, and we have a great show for you. We're going to start by talking about Disney travel agents and answer all of the questions that everybody has about whether they should use one, what are the benefits, and what are the drawbacks. Plus, we'll talk a little bit about cashing in points to use for Disney. Then we're going to talk about this crazy regional spending offer, 10% off gift cards, and what it has caused the havoc up in Michigan. Mark will discuss that. And finally, we're going to talk to Chase Freedom Flex Strategy. Chase is launching this brand new card. It's quite generous. It's going to be very popular. And we're going to dive into a good strategy for getting the freedom. Should you keep your Sapphire cards? Should you keep your current freedom cards? What should you do? We'll talk about all of that with rapid fires and more. If you like the show, please consider subscribing. mtmpodcast.com is where you can go to subscribe. All of the links are there, mtmpodcast.com. Tell a friend, leave us a great review. Thanks so much for listening and supporting the show. Let's hit it. Hey, gentlemen, how was your uh, Labor Day weekend? Mark, you enjoy any uh, nice barbecues, pizza? I took the kids out for pizza on Friday because they didn't have school on Friday. So we uh, we went out to lunch and hit the park and stuff. And then this weekend, I didn't really do much, man. I did some yard work and and hung out. Um Ended up meeting up with some some Detroit Miles and Points people. We went to a park and just like sat in a big circle and and talked uh, for anybody that w- didn't go up north or or was still in town. So we did that Sunday. So that was nice to to catch up with some people. But for the most part, it was uh, took some naps and uh, did some Meyer runs, which we'll talk about later. So that was pretty much my weekend. How about so you, Joe? jealous. I'm so jealous. <laughs> jealous of the Meyer. Yes, jealous of the Meyer. Not not the social interaction. I could live without that. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I uh, was at my parents' place for the last week since we probably won't see them again until Christmas, just because you know with school starting and stuff like that, it's not gonna it probably won't be safe to see them or whatever. So I mean that was pretty sad. My daughter cried for like thirty minutes on the car ride home from when we left because she knew she wouldn't see them for a while. So I guess when they're seven, they have emotions. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I learned. Yeah. So Saturday, actually I spent uh, coming back here and then yeah, yesterday and today, I don't know. I just crashed. So I, I've, I've been sleeping a lot. Uh, so good Labor Day weekend for me. What about you, Sean? Didn't do much. Uh, been he was Tokyo and... drifting in his Tesla on Vegas Boulevard. Yeah, exactly. I was on what, Las Vegas Boulevard. What was that? What was that? <laughs> Yeah, I knew it was a good decision not to head down to the Strip this weekend. I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess it's a thing that they like to do in Southern California, shut down streets and then go and do, you know, spin outs and stuff. And I guess they brought their show here to Vegas. But the cop, that was the best thing. The cop tried to join them in the circle in the spin out. The cop was in like a Explorer or something and (laughs) or an expedition trying to do spin outs. See, I didn't know, like, was he trying to, like, arrest them or was he just joining in on the fun? I couldn't oh, I tell. Think he was, he was doing, I think he was following somebody. Yeah, he was doing he, a really bad job because there was, like, six cars and he was just yeah. driving in circles. 
if anybody wants to see the video on the site, there's a, a post about Labor Day in Vegas, and there's a video in there of, yeah, basically like Tokyo Drift style, like Fast and the Furious kind of crazy racing on the Las Vegas Strip, and them doing spin outs, and then a cop at one point is chasing them, trying to do it, and then people are running out in the middle of the street, like just asking to get hit. And uh, then there was a line of like, what, 400 people to get frozen yeah. drinks at Fat oh. Tuesdays? Who, who, who waits in line for like an hour and a half to get a daiquiri? Like, you go into any bar restaurant and get one pretty quickly. I don't know. And it's not like Fat Tuesdays are great. So I was there like about a week and a half ago at that very same place. And it was really dead on the strip that night. And Treasure Island probably had 20 people in the whole casino at Treasure Island. And I swear there was 30 people in line for that Fat Tuesdays right there at Casino Royale. <laughs> so I don't know what it is about that. look. I guess people get so far north and then they're like i'm thirsty and then that's just right there and yeah because there's like nothing after that really so but the um, video was pretty crazy i mean that line just kept going on and it was really crowded and there's crazy videos from downtown las vegas and so if anybody wants are, to see that check out are like the daiquiri bars inside the uh casinos open really or like the taking go because pretty much every casino has one of those it's not yeah. a tuesdays but they all have one so are the frozen bars open right now, or is that part of the stuff that's normally closed, but that one's open somehow? Yeah, some of them are open. There are a few locations, but for the most part, they're closed. Like the ones that are in, like the ones that like, I can think of the one at Harrah's, Numb, that one was closed every time I walk by there. And yeah, some of the other Fat Tuesdays I saw were closed. I, think, I don't think that they're required to be closed because they're not a sit-down bar. So I think they're allowed to be open. So if they're closed, I think it's just more a matter of business and getting enough people. And a lot of times those places are closed like during the week anyway, like some of the, the more quiet locations and they only open up like at night and then during on the weekend. So I don't know. But yeah, it's craziness. A lot of crazy people in Vegas. We'll see what the numbers were like, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people yeah. booking after this weekend. So it's going to be pretty bad, I think. Fremont was like, it looked busier than when I'm there on like March Madness and stuff. It was crazy. I can't remember yeah. it being that packed in a long time. Wall to wall people. But yep. and so man, yeah, the number could be like old, old, like 2019 numbers, it feels like it could be. I think what's happening is people are getting bundled up into certain areas and then you get a lot of crowds. But I mean, the hotels are really limited to 50% capacity and a lot of hotels are closed. So it's definitely not as busy as it would be on a normal, like on a fight weekend or something. That's true. That's true. Uh, because we don't have the rooms. I mean, but I do think there's a lot more locals kind of going out. And I think there's a lot of people driving in. And so they were you know, maybe not uh, staying in hotels as much or renting, you know, staying with friends, things like that. So I just think like there's just a lot of people down there, but are they spending a lot of money? Or are they gambling a lot? I don't know. But yeah, nope. it's, uh, nope. it's fun. Are they uh, having gender reveal parties in Vegas? No. Did you guys no. see that news? It started a fire, right? Yeah, the latest California fires because someone had an explosive device for their gender reveal no party. Way. And, you know, yep. Yeah, I saw the headline, but I hadn't so, read the, the thing. So it was a... So that's what caused it? Yeah, it's pretty bad. So Man, they're going to get I mean, sued it's everywhere. Like, it's like record record heat in California, too. I don't know if they found the person. Like Maybe they just saw some pink dust floating in the fire. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. So, so weird. I never got the gender reveal thing. That was like uh, we had our kids before that became a thing. But I, I would have Viet – well, I can't say that word. But I would have <laughs> been strongly opposed to it. I saw a funny tweet. Which was, uh, wait, so uh, what's a gender reveal party? Do we just all pull our pants down at the same time? I thought that was pretty good. That is pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's an interesting world we live in, and 2020 continues not to disappoint. But 
I think we, we need to talk about planning a little bit of travel, Joe, and uh, this good article that's going to go live. It's already live on the website. If you're listening to this podcast, it's going to go live shortly after we uh, record this. And it's about Disney travel agents. And I know Mark asked you to write this post because, and I know this isn't the Disney podcast, but uh, we're going to talk about Disney planning and why you should use a travel agent, why you shouldn't, cashing in some points. And uh, I'll kind of let you kind of give an intro to, to the post and, and answering a few of those questions. Yeah. So back in March, I became a travel agent at the worst time. Oh, no, February, excuse me. And though, but I became a travel agent at the worst time in the possible history of travel agencies, you know, right before the pandemic. But uh, yeah, Mark contacted me a few weeks ago and was like, hey, do you want to write an article about why people would use a travel agent to book Disney World stuff? And I was like, um, okay. Uh, if you want me to plug myself, uh, I will go ahead and do that. So thanks for that, Mark. But uh, the article is basically like why people would use travel agents for Disney. Now, forget like your average person, your average Joe, so to speak. You know, lots of them will use travel agents to book their Disney vacations. But the question is, you know, why would you as a travel hacker want to book a Disney vacation through a travel agent. The honest truth is, you know, there are not a lot of reasons if you are a travel hacker to book through a travel agent because booking through a travel agent is going to be if you're going to be booking at a Disney hotel, but that's going to be the most expensive hotel that you can get in Orlando or in LA or wherever you're going. So, you know, as travel hackers, we can do a lot better by, you know, staying at a local Hilton or really anywhere except for staying on a Disney hotel. However, there are people like uh, Benji who writes for the site and myself who just enjoy staying on Disney property, even though we know that we're paying extra for it and you know it costs us more money. If you're one of those types of people, then booking with a travel agent can be helpful because especially during these pandemic times, you might have to do a lot of changes, a lot of cancellations, and you know your travel agent, uh, me, if I'm your travel agent, would handle all that for you. Also, you know some travel agents like myself will handle some of the planning for you, like booking dining reservations. I, you know, those people who like Disney know that Disney is a whole thing, or if you've planned a Disney vacation before, it is very complicated. So travel agents help you with that. But that's kind of like the short version of uh, what that was about. So honestly, I don't know. Do you guys like, I don't think you guys stay on Disney property very much. I mean, Sean, you wrote uh, not the most positive review about the beach club, which is like Disney's one of Disney's fancier hotels. So man, I mean, anybody who likes that hotel and, and I mean, everybody I've talked to in the, in the miles and points community who knows hotels, I'll say, I just didn't like that hotel this. And they'll say, Oh yeah, well that's bad. And that's bad. And that's bad, but it's the greatest hotel ever. And yeah, I don't like the way Disney runs their hotels for 400 or 500 or $600 a night. But I do like staying there when it's cheap enough. So I guess that I do have a, I don't know, a tolerance for cost. And I guess some of the points that you made in your post, the travel agent does almost all of the work for you. I know that Disney has various promotions throughout the year and they have different discounts and certain room blocks and certain resorts will fall into that. And, you know, things like free dining come along every once in a while. And I'm sure we'll see as things get back open that they'll be doing promotions as a travel agent. I imagine that you would be rebooking and looking for the best deals for your clients. That's one kind of interesting way I know that travel agents do good in the Disney system is just kind of staying on top of all the latest deals. And we'll talk a little bit later about how you can get gift cards as a travel hacker and maybe kind of double dip. But is that something that you see a lot with Disney where you'll book a vacation and the price will drop because of a promotion that they'll release? Yeah, so that's a great point. I mean, this just happened like last week. Disney released a bunch of promotions, and then I rebooked all of my clients who were 
who were eligible for those promotions, I rebooked them at the cheaper rates. So, you know, they all saved like four or 500 bucks. So on like a $3,000 stay. So, you know, I mean, that's a good chunk of change as their travel agent. I did that for them. Of course, if you're on top of it yourself, uh, you could have done that yourself. Like I do it myself for my own bookings. Um, of course, as a travel agent, I can book my own bookings now and earn a commission on my own bookings. So um, that's pretty cool. But yeah, I think, you know, one thing about a Disney travel agent, especially if you get busy uh, when you have kids and stuff like that and your family is busy, you don't want to worry about it. One thing that we do is, you know, we'll rebook you into those cheaper rates um, whenever they come around. And you don't even have to, you know, I just... I did it for all my clients without even telling them. And then I shot them an email and I was like, hey, uh, your your final bill is going to be like $500 cheaper. And I forgot to mention that um, travel agents in general, um, but especially with Disney, like they do not cost the consumer anything. You know, the any commission that any travel agent earns for the most part is always out of the pocket of, you know, whatever company they're booking for. So if it's Disney or if it's cruise lines, whenever those come back, any of those things that end user doesn't pay it's it's the uh, companies that uh pay so uh that's you know a good deal so it's free to you essentially now do you do you ever do any of the uh i think you said you can do um bookings for the dinners and stuff like the reservations for food and then do you do like fast pass stuff for clients at all or or any of that stuff yep so if you are disney if you're booking a Disney vacation, there's like a lot of extra hoops you got to jump through. Like making dining reservations is a whole song and dance. Like people wake up at 7 a.m. to get the reservations they want 60 days in advance of when those reservations are. When FastPass Plus, which is the kind of cut the line system, when it's in use, it's not in use right now because of COVID-19. But when it's in use, travel agents can book that for you as well. Not all travel agencies will do that. But the travel agency that I work for, Travelmation, we do dining reservations and fast pass reservations for our clients. So actually tomorrow I need to wake up at 7 a.m. to, you know, do some dining reservations for a client of mine. So yes, that's one of the things that we that's do and so that people don't need to worry about. That's where it's at right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I that's mean, what I hate about Disney, Disney world. Is that's so what popular. I hate about Disney. Yeah. Is, is, Oh, 60 days out, do this 30 days out, do this. Bippity boppity boutique. You got to call at this time and for this date and you can do it from, if your hotel stays here, you can do it seven days out. If your hotel's seven days, like all these different intricate rules that I really don't want anything to deal with. So I think that's the real selling point. Um, you know, the the keeping on top of the deals and stuff is great, but just making everything easy where it makes Disney like any other vacation, which Disney is not any other vacation because there's so many little hoops and intricacies that you have to pay attention to. If the travel agent, if you're working with an agency that that picks up that type of stuff for you, I think it's well worth it, especially because nothing's coming out of pocket. If you're spending the cash anyway, you might as well do it and get those extra perks. So, yeah, Mark hates it when he shows up to the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and they don't have room for him because he didn't have his reservation. <laughs> no, we always we always do the one in Disney Springs because Disney Springs is where it's at. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Now they then we uh, go to dinner. Then we go to dinner after a while. She's all dressed. <laughs> Yeah, for people who don't know, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique is where you can have your daughter or your son have a huge makeover. So for the daughters, obviously there's lots of princess makeovers, but for sons, you could do a princess makeover or most boy children do uh the pirate stuff. So yeah. Yeah, I feel like the yeah. boys get ripped off a little bit. Like there's not yeah. as much no, to the pirate much. thing. And so you're still paying a lot of money for I don't know. I feel no, like it's easier um, with boys. The, the cool I did a write-up about Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique on uh, Miles to Memories. Um 
and if you can bring your own dress, which is cool, like the dresses are expensive. If you if you buy them, it's like one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars. Um, but you can bring one that you get from like Target or whatever, whatever you want. And we did. I think the package was like ninety nine dollars. And then you pick three different hairstyles. She brought her dress, changed into it, and for that fee, she got like a little skirt and shirt that said Bippity Boppy Boutique, and they get like a sash and they get makeup and stuff that they can take home with them. She still uses the makeup. She'll just put it on randomly that she has. So. I mean, my daughter loves it. We've done it twice. Um, the one in Disney Springs is great because it's easy. We call like a couple weeks before and have been, been able to get in. Or the other one's in the castle and you have to do the whole call six months out or whatever it is. And I'm never on top of things like that. So uh, we did that one. And then we just walk around Disney Springs, go out to eat and stuff. And everybody stares at her and she feels like a real princess. And when she was, uh, I think the first time we did it, she was four. And she said, we were getting on the elevator at Disney Springs. She said, Mama, if anybody gets on this elevator with us, they're going to love me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cool man, experience. That, man, the uh, apple does not fall far from the <laughs> tree. Yes, huh? exactly. Yeah, and she looks a lot like him, too. Like, it's just a little version. All these little clips he'll show us, too. She's got a great personality. And, yeah. Yeah, she cracks uh, me up. She's like a little more. But, yeah, I think with Disney World being so complicated, uh, using a travel agent can be good. But yeah, if you want to not pay cash, Joe, you know, we've talked, I've written before about using raises, various promotions and stuff like that to get up to like 15, 20% off Disney gift cards. And there's occasional deals that come along. But right now you made a good point with, uh, if you have a Chase Sapphire reserve, you can use pay yourself back to essentially buy a Disney gift card at a grocery store and then uh, cash it out by using the points. And then of course, you can use that gift card towards a booking that a travel agent helps you with. So that's one way if you can find discounts on gift cards that you can still use a travel agent and save money and maybe even use points, right? Yeah, exactly. One might think that uh, I would have used my Chase Sapphire Reserve to do that. But uh, as Mark knows, I don't use my Chase Sapphire Reserve for anything. So, um, but yeah, so you can, <laughs> you can uh, buy one day, one day, Mark. Um, yeah. So you can, do exactly what you said. You know, one other nice thing about having a travel agent do the stuff for you. First of all, like the reason why I became a travel agent is because I kind of love doing this stuff. It's similar to like award bookers. You know how award bookers will just jump through all the hoops for you. They'll make all the calls to, you know, Turkish Airlines or Avianca, God forbid, or whoever. Right. And they'll just do all that work for you for a fee, but you have to pay the award booker, you know, a, travel agent that's working at Disney is doing the same thing, uh, jumping through all those hoops for you. And when you pay with Disney gift cards, yes, you can combine them so that you can get a thousand dollars on one gift card. But still, if you have to use multiple gift cards, you know, you don't want to be on the phone reading out all those numbers and stuff like that. So, you know, that's just another thing that travel agents will do. They just make your life easier. Um, and before COVID-19, uh, it was probably like less useful, but with all the cancellations that have happened and um, everyone pushing back their vacations and Disney has extended their kind of basically cancel at any time policy through the end of 2020, like with all those things, it's just um, for a lot of people, it's easier to have someone do it for them. And uh, that's what travel agents will do, uh, including me, myself. <laughs> it's even like uh, you say that like booking flights through a travel agent, you know, they get a commission for booking the flights. If you're going to pay cash anyway, the cool thing is if you do have cancellations like this, like with the COVID thing, think of all the times that you're on, you know, hold waiting to cancel your flight or rebook and stuff. That's something they will do for you. And they're just getting a cut from the the airline to, to book your flight for the same cost that you would pay. So 
it's something that I'm considering. I know a couple um, local guys that do it, so I might reach out to them if I'm paying cash for a flight. You know, more for international stuff for domestic, it's not a big deal, but something to consider for sure going forward, I think. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky. I mean, I joked that becoming a travel agent in February was like the worst thing, but actually it was pretty good because, you know, some other travel agents with my agency, they were on the phone with Disney for like hours, fixing the reservations for people, trying to get their money back, all that stuff, all stuff that their clients would have had to do, but, you know, they did it for them. So, you know, especially with Disney, Disney is just like a real pain. What are you going to do? So yeah, anybody out there, you know how to get a hold of Joe if you want, or anything we talked about will apply to any Disney travel agent, really. So just to be equal opportunity, but Joe, we know and love him. And uh, this wasn't really a commercial for him, but hopefully the information was was good. And it sounded kind of like one, but hopefully the information was good and that you learned why you would want to do it even as a travel hacker. And speaking of something that you want to do as a travel hacker, you want to fly to a a market where there's a Meyer at 10% off. And then go wipe out all the cards just to make Mark mad, right? You know, Joe, um, we, we made this joke. Uh, we do, for people that aren't in the Patreon uh, MTM Diamond group, we do a whole bunch of podcasts and stuff specifically for that group. And we do a member spotlight where we pick a member from the group and, and talk to them. And the last one uh, was with Ryan, who's a friend of the, the blog. He, he's a moderator for the Facebook groups. And Sean had like the best segue ever. <laughs> <laughs> while we were doing it and we you and yeah. ryan was like wow what a segue and i was like joe would love that because <laughs> yeah, we were talking about cruise ships right and then we went we switched to float right speaking yeah. of float and then yeah like floating money and it, it was, was, it was beautiful like it was beautiful like, wow. you weren't there joe you weren't there to, to appreciate it joe's clapping in the video for anybody that's not watching this but um yeah, so, so yeah, I, yeah. I recognize I, my that transition was not nearly as good, but you know, I was <laughs> so Joe even what I was doing. Joe needs to go and watch that uh, in the Facebook group. But okay, so back to Meyer. So Meyer runs uh, various deals throughout the year, and and Sean's always uh, jealous because they're always gift card related. You know, they'll do like a ten dollar off Visa gift card over one hundred and fifty, and they'll sell two hundred or. $500 gift card. So you're basically getting, you know, Visa gift card at negative cost. And then they'll do a thing where if you buy $500 in third party gift cards, you get $50 in Meyer, like M perks, which is like Meyer bucks to spend. And then once a year, it comes around where they'll give you just straight 10% off when you purchase up to $50 per $500 gift card. So you can go into there, go there and buy uh, like a Best Buy gift card, $500, you pay $450. And then if you're in the, the Best Buy reselling groups, you can resell those at like usually like 97, 98, 99%. So you're spending $10 to, to earn $50. So you're coming out like a $40 positive profit, plus all the points that you can get Amex gold four times, all that stuff. So people go crazy with it. Um, it's a similar system to Kroger that, you know, all it takes is an email and a phone number for accounts. So we had uh, randomly, you know, there's a group of Detroit people that we I meet up with regularly and um, we're in like a Facebook chat and stuff and every day pretty much in contact. And uh, one of us sends a message. One of them sends a message and says, hey, there's some people here from Texas <laughs> and they're cleaning out Meyer stores. So people know that this is such a good deal that they flew up from Texas to Detroit and had like a systematic uh, grid of Meyer stores. And they were like texting each other back and forth, like, I'm in this city, I'm in this city. Uh, this store has this many and all kinds of stuff. So that's how good of a deal it is. You know, I know people that did, did large volumes and, and probably cleared seven, $8,000 in profit on top of points. So it's crazy. Sean's considering flying here next year, if, it, if, if it's still around. Well, 
No, I always say that. Weren't we supposed to have the meetup this week? Weren't we supposed to have the meetup like this week? It was, uh, yeah, yeah, we were supposed to have the Detroit meetup. Uh, well, this following weekend, so the 11th, 12th. So it would have missed by a week. But if it would have happened like all at one time, the Meyer Emperor's uh, deal and the meetup, nobody would have showed up to the uh, <laughs> to the presentations. They all have been at Meyer stores. I found I was looking at uh, on uh, Google Maps trying to find the best markets for Meyer to figure out where you would want to fly. And I determined that Detroit's not the best market. So there's some other places that maybe next year I'll fly that I. That's that right, I people. Stay away from Detroit, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an anchorman situation. All the travel hacking groups meeting, meeting in Meyer parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Now, if Benji meets them, he'll have an hour-long conversation. And- yeah. Benji Benji will hold them up. I should bring Benji as like, okay, they're <laughs> at this door. Go to Rochester Hills. Hurry up. Get there. And then just talk to them for an hour. <laughs> just stall them out. Yeah. All right. And now let's move on to our big topic of the week, and that's Chase Freedom Flex and strategy and all the new things that we've learned and what people should be doing with Freedom and Freedom Unlimited and Freedom Flex, which is the brand new Chase card. and I guess we should start off again by saying what Freedom Flex is. It's a brand new card that's very much like the Freedom card that is currently, you know, there you get 5% rotating categories every three months and you get 5% on up to 1500 in spend, but they've also added 5% on travel through the Chase portal, 3% on dining, 3% on drugstore purchases. And this is a pretty, uh, pretty good card and it's coming out next week. So on the 15th. And uh, we will have links if anybody wants to use our links and support us, if you appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, Mark, I know you're getting really excited about it. You've written a lot about uh, Freedom Flex this week, and we've learned some interesting things about how Chase is going to treat it separate from Freedom and how conversions are going to work and things like that. You know, what are some interesting things we've learned and what do you think people should know about Freedom Flex? Every day, it's like something new rolls out. Like we think we know what's going on and then new stuff rolls out. So I think it was Frequent Miler that heard from Chase that, only the regular freedom is going to be able to product change into the freedom flex. So if you have a freedom unlimited or an old Sapphire card or, you know, a slate card or something that you want to transition over, you need to transition it to a traditional freedom before the 14th, I believe. And then you can product change that into a freedom flex. So if you have a, you know, chase freedom unlimited right now, originally we thought you could transfer that into a freedom flex. Um, but come the 15th, they won't allow those those transfers over for whatever reason. Um, they're trying to you know block people from getting multiples of these, I think, which doesn't make a ton of sense because people have been able to get the old school freedom. So what's the difference? But the other thing you want to consider is if you are under 524, you might want to sign up for a traditional freedom now before it goes away on the 14th, because that can be product changed over. Plus, it has the 5% rotating categories. And it has the 5% on grocery up to 12K the first year. So you can get both of those. And then um, since the Freedom Flex is considered a separate product, come the 14th or 15th, if you're at like 324, you could get the Freedom and then wait like a month or two. And then you could also sign up for the Freedom Flex, which would also give you another 5% rotating category and would give you another 5% on grocery up to 12K plus the 3% on uh, dining and CVS, like uh, drugstores and stuff like that. So there's ways to play around with it. Definitely want to look into it if you are under 524, something to consider. I think I'm going to have my wife sign up for the regular freedom. And then when she drops back under 524 again, uh, a few months from now, she'll probably get a flex too if that offer still stands. Um, so lots of lots of stuff. Joe, 
I know you're, you said this was the year you could get two for Jess. So are you thinking of double dipping the freedom? Yeah, I'm thinking about doing that. I actually, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but like right before they announced the Freedom Flex, I canceled Jess's Freedom, um, you know, the normal Freedom one, the non-unlimited one. So I'm debating whether to apply in the next like five days for that. But the other thing that I'm debating about is I'm not sure, like I've had trouble keeping track. Should I? <laughs> I know it's a big running joke on this podcast, but I like picked up the phone to call Chase Sapphire Reserve to downgrade it to a freedom. But then I was like, I better check with Mark. Like, is that the play right now? You know, I'm not 100% sure like whether that is what I should do. But like, I I like had the phone in my hand and then I was like, I almost sent you a DM actually. But then I was like, you know, might as well talk about it on the podcast, you know, good content. So, but you know, I was not clear because I saw some stuff about like product A might not be able to pro- change to product B or et cetera, et cetera. So I was, I was a little confused. Yeah, since it's your CSR, I would downgrade it to the if you want a Freedom Flex eventually, and that's what you're you're looking for, you can't downgrade the CSR to the Flex. That just that just came out in the last couple of days, that news. So you would have to downgrade that now before the 14th to the traditional freedom, and then you could then transfer that to the Freedom Flex um, once that card launches. So that would be the play. Now, if it was Jess's Sapphire Reserve, let's say, um, I would have her sign up for the regular freedom first because you can't have her get the welcome offer if she already has the regular f- freedom. So sign up for the regular regular freedom. Then a couple of days later, downgrade the reserve to another regular freedom. And then you can transition both of those over to the flex in time. And then she could also sign up for the flex a couple months later. So, And then hey, the other thing I was... <laughs> mind blown, right? <laughs> The other thing I was, uh, the, the other thing I want to ask though was, um, like one of the reasons why I'm like, oh, should I downgrade this my Chase Sapphire Reserve right now to a Freedom? Is like I'm just wondering, oh, if I downgrade that, but then you know, let's say they keep this pay yourself back thing, or they introduce something else. Like I feel like they have to do something to make the reserve more interesting now that this Freedom Flex exists. You know, I was kind of like, I can't upgrade back to the Chase Sapphire Reserve. Uh, is that correct? No, you can. Oh, I can. So I would be okay if you if you're worried about that. I would leave it as the traditional flex, which will stay around. It won't be allowed uh, for new signups come the 14th or 15th. But traditional freedom, you mean? Yeah, traditional freedom. Um, I would keep it in that. Don't transition over to flex because I'm not sure if flex will be able to upgrade. I assume it will, but I don't think that's been hashed out yet. But that's what I did with my wife's freedom. Is we upgraded her freedom to the Sapphire Reserve. Uh, So we could do the pay yourself back. Um, And that is actually also, she carries the Sapphire Preferred, which it wasn't thought that you could carry both. But if you upgrade a Freedom to one or the other, you can actually carry both. You just can't sign up for one when you have the other. Got it. So so many rules. So many rules. I know. The other thing is, the other thing I was thinking was, even if I change it to a Freedom Flex and I can't upgrade it, like I said last episode, I'm below 524 in March and my four-year Sapphire bonus moratorium or whatever is up. So I could always reapply for the Sapphire Reserve if I had to. So I guess that works too. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think I'm doing, Sean? I don't know. I'm in a tough position because Jasmine just upgraded the Sapphire Reserve from one of her Freedom cards. We're using that because we're going to cash in some points. But then I'm like, well kind of sad about that that this card is going to be a sapphire reserve so uh, i don't know i i i think probably just gonna i'm still thinking it over i got like four freedom cards right now 
and uh, one Freedom Unlimited. So I think probably we're going to be under 524, probably just going to get the the new ones. And we can't get the regular Freedoms right now, either one of us. So don't I would, really have that in mind. I would say since you have the one Freedom Unlimited, change, transfer that over to yeah. a traditional Freedom. And then when you're done with the reserve, you can move that back to a Freedom Unlimited. So yeah, nothing That's lost that, really. So yeah, and that because I was thinking, well, should I try to downgrade the, the Sapphire Reserve back within the next week? Well, that's probably not the best move either. I don't want to mess with yeah, mess with Chase. But yeah, converting the the Freedom Unlimited over and then later on picking up a Freedom Unlimited uh, when we downgrade the Sapphire Reserve, that's probably the best bet. And yeah, I mean, this is exciting. So, what do you guys think? Are do you think that the Sapphire cards are going to get improvements? Um, do you think more news is coming down from Chase, or, or what I do think they do? They, I mean, I think they have, it, right? I think they have to because. You know, the Freedom Flex is going to get three times at restaurant, which is what you get with the reserve for a $550 annual fee. Five times through the portal, which I wouldn't book like flights or hotels with it, but um, or I would book some hotels like non-point hotels or excursions, stuff like that I would book through it. So you're actually getting better than reserve. Plus, you look at the competition with Amex having a four times on uh, grocery and restaurant with the gold. Uh, Premier just rolled out three times grocery. I think they're going to have to, to to bring some type of gas or grocery or both earning structure for the uh, preferred and reserve. Otherwise, people are just going to downgrade it, especially if, if somebody has an ink preferred or ink plus, you know, where you still have the transfer partners. I don't see why anybody would pay the annual fee. I just have a flex and an ink preferred and be good unless you're using the pay yourself back exclusively. I don't I wouldn't mess with it. Yeah, I feel like without the pay yourself back, like what are you getting from the reserve? You get the $300 travel credit, but still you're paying $250 more for what? So, yeah, I, I think they got to come with partners if you don't have other premium cards. Yeah, that right. and travel insurance, which if you don't have like an Amex card that has travel insurance or even like the World of High card that has tra- travel insurance, then maybe you consider it. But most of the people that are playing this game along with us get travel insurance from like a variety of cards. So... I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. And, and you did put a lot of good reasoning in your post. So we'll have those links in the show notes as well. So people can kind of dive into it. And we, we have just lots of information about the card and kind of all this information that's coming out. And we'll cover it as we get closer to the launch of Freedom Flex, to all the rules about how many cards you can have and all of this other stuff as we learn it in practice. I mean, my biggest surprise is that is the drugstore category that it's there and that it doesn't seem to have any huge limits to it. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I think this is going to be another case where we see some tweaks come into this card not too long after launch, but we will see how it goes. And I know that Chase is making a big deal out of it and this is a big deal for them. So it's not every day we get a kind of a, the Freedom is Chase's biggest mass market card and it's not every day that we see them launch a new one. So this is kind of exciting. I know we'll be talking a lot more about it I got one question from the chat that did not show up uh, that might be worth answering from uh, Kim S. She says, do we really have any confidence that Chase will allow a flex after traditional freedom? And I feel like we do. Like, did you guys talk to Chase about this to to confirm it? Uh, We didn't. Right. But others did. Yeah. I'm not I'm I'm not totally following the question. Whether they're freedom and freedom flex are separate. Uh, oh yeah, uh, products. Um, I know um, TBG got confirmation and a couple other blogs, so they are considered separate, and that's pretty pretty solid. Like they got confirmation from Chase directly that they're considered separate products for signing up. So if you carry a, a traditional Freedom, you can get the welcome offer on the Flex. And just remember, Chase has five twenty four. 
Chase has tightened up their limits. There's reports of them asking for income recently on some credit card applications. Just because you can, just because this card exists, doesn't mean everybody's going to get approved or that Chase isn't going to be stricter, you know, than they have in the past. But the Freedom cards are generally the easiest Chase cards to get, and so I, I think that uh, this is going to be good for people looking to get into that ecosystem. And yeah, it's going to be a very popular. So we'll see how they're like enforcing everything. We know when Sapphire Reserve came out, there was some loose enforcement of uh, even 524. Like there was a link that kind of came out early and people over 524 were able to get approved. So who knows what kind of fun we're in for the next you know week. But we'll keep paying attention. And if any big news or anything changes on man. the website, wouldn't, wouldn't that be fun? I actually got my Sapphire Reserve well over 524. My wife and I both with that leaked link. Hundred thousand. My, my biggest regret in miles and points is not doing that. And then the um, what was it like with the Ritz card way back when? What was the offer like? The huge offer that came with the hundred K, right? Yeah, hundred K. Which back th- that was back then it was a big thing, but now it's not so big. Yeah, I, I didn't sign up for it because I just signed up for a couple other um, five hundred fifty dollar cards, and I was like, oh, they'll probably just come back later and deny this. So I was like. I'm going to be smart, not, not try to game this. And, you know, I don't want to pay another annual fee and I kick myself every day because of it. So hundred K rest in peace. All right. So if you're interested in the card, check out the website and check out the show notes, tons of links. And like I said, if you're interested in supporting the website, the content that we make, we will have links for freedom flex. We do have links for freedom unlimited and other cards. And you can find those links, mtmpodcast.com. And uh, like I said, we'll we'll follow up with any new information that comes. Let's uh, move into rapid fires. And Mark, you want to start us off? Yeah, my rapid fire is our top five posts. Every month I, I do a post about our most popular, like most read articles, our, our top five from the previous month. Um, so I did the one for August, of course. I'm doing the Chase Freedom Flex. Mine was number one. <laughs> <laughs> which was about the chase shutdowns. I just got, Wait, how many times this year has that happened? Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't, I don't I do remember, remember, either, I remember one month play. last year where I was number one through five. Like I got all five. So that lives you're, in. Uh, you're in great, Mark. You're great. <laughs> no, I just got lucky. Uh, it hit, the article ended up hitting Google news. So it went pretty big, but um, you know, the North Korea Zoe's article about North Korea was on there. Ryan's article, about the differences in U.S. passports was on there, which I think we talked about last episode. Um, lots of great stuff. Um, so every month, check that out because it's fun. It you know it shows you what everybody was reading and, and everything like that. So definitely check it out. How about you, Sean? Well, I kind of said mine in the beginning of the show, the Labor Day stuff. But I did have a video this week on YouTube, a Circa construction tour. Circa is the brand new resort downtown 700 plus rooms adults only which Derek Stevens retweeted yeah it's owned by a guy named Derek Stevens and he's like the downtown casino mogul from Michigan from from Michigan Mark has a man crush on him because he's from Michigan (laughs) and uh because he also has a mannequin piss statue out what I really what I really love about him is every year in March Madness he goes and makes a bet um because he owns uh Golden Gate he owns the D and then he's going to own Circa. So he's like the new Steve Wim without the shadiness. But uh, every year for March Madness, he goes and bets whichever one has better odds or whichever one's more likely because he's from Michigan. So either bets on Michigan or Michigan State basketball and he makes the bet so that he would get paid out $1 million if either of them wins. He goes, I think he usually goes to like Golden Nugget makes the bet. So 
he'll put like a hundred thousand dollars on one or the other. Um, and of course, neither one has won since 2000. So he's just been throwing money away, but it's still pretty cool that he does it. Yeah. He's a really cool guy. And yeah, he did uh, respond and they retweeted our video, which was nice. YouTube.com forward slash miles to memories. They actually took down a lot of the construction walls. So we were able to see a lot more than in my previous video, which was from June. And I was able to cut in footage from both times. So you could kind of see how it's changed. And it's really exciting. It's only about six weeks away from opening. So got some really good footage. So if you're interested, it's the first new Vegas casino in like 40 years or downtown Vegas casino in 40 years or you know, major hotel. So yeah, we'll check that out if you're interested. The first the first video you posted is pretty cool because it reminds me of the hangover where you're on the roof. Yeah, no, that well, in the in that video I did, I went back and I have even more up to date okay. of that. Yeah, because so I know you don't watch my videos, Mark, but you know. I did watch. Well, I, I mean, you just posted it like yesterday. But yeah, it's cool. You was I got some updated footage and there's still no water in the pools, but the screen is done. That that 14 million pixel screen is now all complete. It's going to be. It looks like they're getting very, very close to like putting the water in the pools. And so and Joe, all that. Joe, I know you're into sports betting. So this whole casino is based off of sports betting. Like it's going to have the biggest sports book in the world. The pool is like leveled for people to hang out at and it's going to have this huge TV around it. So they want people to go bet in the sports book and then go hang out by the pool and have drinks and watch the games out at the pool. It's going to be awesome. That is what's up. I had to take off my glasses because the freaking glare on my glasses, just so you guys could see how my eyes were widening as you were saying that beautiful. Basically this place was built for Mark. That's it. You know, like if you <laughs> yeah. just figured out it's, it's like, no kind of like Detroit stuff. Amazing. Like some of the restaurants are from uh, American Mark. Coney Island. The owner of that has a restaurant concept in there. And it's just basically all Detroit stuff and big sports books and big pools with giant screens. It's like if you had to make a casino for Mark, this would be it. Go ahead. I was going to say, when this pandemic is over, the first time I meet you in person, I want it to be at this hotel. Yes. It's crazy that you guys still haven't met each other in person. There's a pandemic, man. But we've only been doing the show for like a year and a month, 13 months. Yeah, you could have come to New Orleans, Joe. You could have come to New Orleans. It would have been I know. Who, right who before the pandemic. Who would have known? Okay, if I had known there was going to be a pandemic, I would have come to New Orleans. So shame <laughs> on me. Should have seized the day. But Sean promised me that he's going to get Derek Stevens to shake my hand. So I'm holding him to that till he dies. I, I got him to, to tweet to tweet me. So I'm, I'm on the path towards that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, who knows? He seems like a really nice guy. I know quite a few people who know him or have met him and always heard really great things about him. So yeah, Ryan, Ryan on the, um, who we talked to on the, the diamond member spotlight. Um, he did a show at Derek Stevens, the friend show at one of Derek Stevens properties. And he said, Derek Stevens used to come out after the show and buy all the, the cast and crew of drinks and stuff. So so he's a, a pretty cool guy. My man crush is growing. Yes. All right, Joe, do you have anything for us this week or no? Yeah, so my uh, rapid fire is this article. I rented out the entire hotel for the cost of one room. Mark, did you write this headline? <laughs> yeah, and That's even I, I changed the headline and Ian's like, I knew you'd come up with a better headline. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, clickbait headline aside, Ian Snyder contributed to the site just took a weekend trip to turkey Wait, i take offense to that joe i'm not gonna i'm not gonna that's not clickbait i'm sorry i mean i get it that 
that he, I mean, I'm not actually, I'm, I'm not actually calling it clickbait, man. Chill. I know. I just, I just think you're giving fuel to the trolls out there. <laughs> Look, and if he was, if he was going to write, the trolls aren't even listening to this, but if he, if, if there was going to be a clickbait article, the title would have been, I rented an entire hotel and you wouldn't believe what it cost me. That's how you write exactly. a clickbait article. So I'm not really saying it's a clickbait art, uh, clickbait title. But anyway, Ian just took this trip to Turkey. He did have an entire hotel to himself. Uh, he showed us some of the pictures and uh, you know talked to us about it. It was like, I don't know. I would not like this experience at all. But he was. <laughs> you don't even like people, and you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. Okay, there's a fine line. There's a fine line. You gotta have I, some people. No, see, I don't like I would love to be in a hotel where nobody talks to me, right? Like where there's nobody I know there, but to be the only one in the whole entire hotel, knowing you're the only guest there, that's I don't know, that's creepy to me. But uh he had a great trip. I'm sure he's gonna be writing a lot more articles than just this one about the hotel. And also we're gonna have him on next week to talk about his trip. So, you know, it's great that uh someone from the Miles to Memories team has uh made it overseas. And so I'm looking forward to reading more about what Ian has to say and also us uh, hearing what he has to say next week when he comes on the podcast. So double plug. Yeah. I got, I got the boot for next week. So I think, right. Or, are you, are you taking a week off Mark? No, I want to talk to Ian. I got, I got the boot. So I'm, I'm out for next week. No, I'm actually going to get a week off and then Joe's going to get off in two weeks. And then Mark, I don't know. We don't let him. I'm out. Iron Man. I'll be here. Mark's Iron Man streak will continue. Mark is flexing. Uh, yesterday was like flexing. the 25th anniversary of uh, Calvary Kid breaking the Iron Man streak. So you know, Mark is to here. Yep. There you go. So yeah, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to just go drive somewhere, go on a trip somewhere. So since I have a week off, I don't really have a week off. I have a drive to Detroit. All right. Well, that will do it for this show. Thank you so much for listening, uh, Joe. When people aren't listening to this fine podcast, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find me at As a Joe Flies on social media. If you're interested in uh, booking a vacation with me, this is probably the only time I'll do this. You can contact me, Joseph Chung, at travelmation.net. That's my travel agency email. But uh, if not, you know, find me on social media at As a Joe Flies. You can find all my stuff there, podcasts, newsletters, et cetera. What about you, Mark? Joe, if my uh, free ticket windfall ever ends, then maybe I'll give you a call. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Sounds good. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark, uh, of course, because we, we love all things Detroit. Uh, email me, Mark, at milestomemories.com. Comment on any of the articles. I will get back to you there. Um, join our Facebook groups, Patreon Diamond member. You get uh, extra exclusive content or, you know, our free our free group. I'm in there all the time. So whatever way you want to uh, get with us, I'm in there every day. How about you, Sean? Yeah, patreon.com slash miles to memories if you're interested in all that bonus content and our communities. Miles to memories.com. We have 40, 50 posts a week, best deals, miles and point content, credit card breakdowns, Vegas. And then on YouTube, we are doing Vegas, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. And that's where you can soon find Mark and I's new Vegas show, MTM Vegas, debuting very, very soon. So we were supposed to record it before the podcast next week. Since I'm off, we're going to have to figure that out. But it will be launching soon. So check that out. And uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 Bye.